You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the, another episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This is your host, Matt Loopy. Today is the last podcast I'm going to have talking about the Eagles 2019-2020 season as a whole. Um, obviously, it's going to be talked about going back on, but before we get into full off-season content, this is my last one. I'm going to do some player awards, um, and I'm not going to base it off of Offensive Rookie of the Year, MVP, stuff like that. I want to do a little bit more fun and creative awards here. So I'm going to go through a series of, of awards, um, explain to you why I picked these winners, and then uh, hope you guys enjoy it. So first off, I have the Mr. Clutch Award. That's going to go to Carson Wentz. Um, Carson Wentz deserves this award because he had a really good season overall. I mean, stats-wise, he threw for over 4,000 yards. Um 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, really good statistically. And when you watch him on the field, it definitely goes to show how good he is and the impact that he has on this team. Um, But the reason why I'm giving him the clutch award as opposed to something that people would say like MVP or Offensive Player of the Year is because a few of the games in the uh, middle of the season, namely the um, Packers, Jets, Bills, um, he had under 200 yards, I believe, five games this season. I have to go back and check that. But um, statistically, a few games, he wasn't the best player on the field. Maybe skill-wise and playing-wise, he was. But stats-wise, it wasn't really popping out like the elite quarterback that you want Wentz to be. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as the Eagles are getting the wins, they're spreading the ball out, it's okay if he's not throwing for over 200 yards every single game, um, let alone over 300 yards. But at the end of the season, he was one of the top quarterbacks in the entire league. Um, He had great comeback wins against the Giants and then the Redskins, um, especially with the supporting cast that he had. Players like... You know, Greg Ward, Robert Davis, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard. Uh, and then they, he dominated the Cowboys, and he stepped up really when it mattered. That's why I'm giving him the Clutch Award. That's super important for him to further his career um, as an elite quarterback, to show everyone that he can be clutch when it matters, and when the Eagles need him to turn the season around, to turn a game around, he can do it. The next award is the Sigh of Relief Award, and that's going to go to two players, Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. So, personally, I think the running back group has been questionable for some time now, ever since LaShawn McCoy left the team a few years back. 2018 was definitely one of the worst years in Eagles running back history. They had Josh Adams, Wendell Smallwood, uh, Corey Clement went down with an injury. Darren Sproles was on and off. There was not really a player that could step up and be that lead back. So going into the 2019 season, that was a huge priority. Get the running back that can carry the load, but also improve the entire group. We saw that Josh Adams didn't come back. Wendell Smallwood didn't come back. 
Ajayi came back for a couple of games. Darren Sproles was back, but he wasn't healthy all the time. Corey Clement came back, but he wasn't healthy all the time. So it was Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, and Boston Scott were the three big names that stepped up. Um, Jordan Howard was a huge addition, but the Eagles went on to draft Sanders in the draft. Sanders and Scott took over and dominated, and they're both very young. So I'm saying that this is the sigh of relief award because both of them have very long careers ahead of them. If the Eagles strategically, you know, balance the workload between the, those two backs, they're going to have a, many years ahead of them of successfully running the football. And I really liked what I saw out of them running the ball, catching passes, blocking, um, really promising players there. My next award is the first flight out of Philly in March award. And the Eagles have pretty good amount of pending free agents that are that might leave the team. Their contracts are expiring in March. But the one that stands out, former first-round pick Nelson Aguilar. Personally, I've been saying this since the first couple weeks of the season. I'm sure everybody else has. I'm not going to take credit for that take because everybody could see how poorly he was playing. But his time in Philly is up. I want to thank Nelson Aguilar for what he did in 2017 and mostly for what he did in 2018 as well. Pretty good seasons. A lot of people just want to look at the Super Bowl year for what he did. But 2018, he had a solid season. But... When it comes down to it, he's spent four four years in the league. Two of them, last year and um, his rookie year, were terrible. And then the two in between were pretty good, but not what you want out of a first-round pick. So for that reason, I think he's, he's leaving Philly. He needs a change of scenery. I hope he succeeds. I hope he does well. But there's just something between Aguilar and the coaching staff or the other players around him, he's just not producing. He has all the skill to do it. He has the speed, whatever it may be. He has the ability, but it's just not showing. Um, and also that injury that he just suffered a couple weeks ago, or several weeks ago, I should say, was very bizarre. I haven't seen anything like that. His knee was swollen two or three times the size of the actual knee. So um, that's very bizarre to see. And I hope he gets healthy. Hope he returns to the football field next year. But it's likely going to be with another team. The next award is going to be the Mr. Reliable Award, and this is a player who's up for Comeback Player of the Year consideration. It's Brandon Brooks. So I know people are always talking about it, but another reminder that he suffered a torn Achilles tendon about this time last year, that playoff game against the Saints. He comes back, was able to participate in training camp in limited action, um, didn't really get preseason action, but then week one, he was starting. That's an amazing turnaround. Achilles injuries don't normally last the seven or eight months that Brandon Brooks took off. They normally last for over a year. And some players of his age, even though he's a younger player, most of them will just retire. This, the stats are not in players of his age's favor um, as far as recovery and their future in the NFL goes. So the fact that he was able to start the season but also start up until week 17 was huge. He was the best guard in football. He got a huge new contract. And then he did suffer that dislocated shoulder in week 17. Um, I think if he had he had been on the field in the playoffs, it would have been a little bit of a different story on offense. They would have looked better. But um, he said his recovery is going well so far. He's definitely going to be back on the field with the Eagles next season. That contract just goes to prove it. Um, but, yeah, I'm really impressed out of what Brandon Brooks gave to the Eagles team. Um, he came back after being, you know, a terrible recovery over the offseason. That Achilles injury is something you don't want to mess with. But he came back, didn't suffer any type of leg injury, 
He just had the shoulder injury, and then when he was on the field healthy, he was playing really good football. The next award is the Father Time Award, and that's going to Jason Peters. Currently, he's 37 years old, but he's going on to 38 years old very soon, and he's obviously one of the oldest players in the entire league, not just the Eagles as a team. He said after the season was over that he wants to come back and play for the Eagles for another year or two, but the question is, is he willing to shift over and play guard for a little bit to lengthen his career, or does he want to stay at tackle? The Eagles are in a kind of a weird situation with drafting Andre Dillard in the first round of this past draft, um, thinking that he's going to be ready to go for the 2020 season, but now Jason Peters wants to come back, and I think the Eagles always want to play that loyalty card with their players if they want to come back, like Jason Peters, Darren Sproles, they always want to give that option to them. So it's going to be a very interesting situation over the offseason. Um, overall, he's decent, but these false starts that he always has really brings back his play and try, kind of kills the Eagles' drives as a whole. Um, so just because he's he's still doing it at 37, 38 years old is very impressive. I definitely respect his drive for wanting to come back to the Eagles, but it's going to be a tough decision for you know Doug Peterson and the team as a whole to see if Jason Peters is going to be returning for the next couple of seasons. The next award is Strength to Weakness to Strength Award, and that's going to go to a positional group, and I chose the defensive tackle group. So going to the season, the Eagles had Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, Tim Jernigan, and Hassan Ridgeway, a very, very solid defensive tackle group. In my opinion, that was the best in the league entering week one. And then come week three, it's all the way down to Cox and Ridgeway. And then Ridgeway goes down a little bit later. So late in the season, it's basically just Fletcher Cox, who is playing with guys that they were promoting from other people's practice squads, free agents, and really always an influx and outflux of defensive tackles with the team. Then all of a sudden, Cox started playing really well. Anthony Rush stepped up. And the defensive tackle group as a whole, after being such a weakness for most of the half of the season, it really stepped up towards the late of the season. And um, the defensive line really improved later when the Eagles were making that playoff push. And I really give the defensive tackle group a lot of credit. I think Anthony Rush is definitely a piece that the Eagles need to consider for future seasons, along with Malik Jackson for getting healthy next season, Tim Jernigan in a contract year. Um, Hopefully he'll return at kind of a good price, Um, but the Eagles are definitely set up to succeed with a defensive tackle group. My next award is the Extremely Underrated Award. That could go to a number of players, but I chose Nathan Gary. Um, I've defended Gary a lot on this podcast because a lot of people, they envision him missing tackles early in his career, and they kind of stick with that. They don't give him credit when it's due, but he's definitely not the top linebacker on this team, but he's made huge improvements. Um, Linebackers around him like Camus Grugier-Hill, Nigel Bradham, TJ Edwards, they're all pretty much role players. Not one has really stepped up to be the lead linebacker, but Nate Gary is definitely trending in the right direction. I don't think he's ever going to be the elite linebacker that the Eagles always want to have, but Nate Gary is definitely going to be that big role player. He's definitely moving into a bigger role with the team and the defense. His tackling has gotten better, and he's making his presence felt everywhere on the field, kind of the impact that Malcolm Jenkins has, whereas if the opposing offense is running up the middle, Nathan Gary can get right in there, or if it's a screen to the outside, he's running over. He's always involved in the play. I really liked what I saw out of him. But fans are still not giving him the credit that he deserves. I think he's definitely the most underrated player on this team. 
Next award is the Never Give Up Award, and that goes to Sidney Jones. Early in the season, midseason, he was kind of phased out of the system. He um, struggled midseason, early in the season, and so far in his career, he was struggling and had a plethora of injuries. So really, it came down to the, de- the decision that um, he wasn't staying on the field, and when he was on the field, just wasn't given the production that the Eagles expected out of him. But when he was called upon late in the season, he came up huge. He had a couple of pass breakups, interception, and right now, he deserves to stay on the team. He stepped up when it mattered, and Jim Schwartz said that Sidney Jones, although he was phased out of the defense and not really getting much playing time, that never changed his mindset. He was always trying to be the hardest worker in the room and ready for when his moment was called. So really proud of Sidney Jones and what he's going to do this upcoming season, his contract year. Next award is the, look, how he made a good in-season trade award. Howie Roseman's getting a lot of criticism because of his drafting antics. Um, Last season with the Golden Tate trade didn't work out. This season, two trades were made, Jannard Avery and then the other one, Duke Riley. Um, If you guys remember, Duke Riley and a sixth-round pick were acquired in exchange for Jonathan Cyprian, who ended up on the Falcons' IR and a seventh-round pick. So the Eagles upgraded a draft pick by one round and got an instant playmaker out of Duke Riley, especially in special teams. And the guy that they sent over, Jonathan Cyprian, he didn't even play for the Falcons at all this season. Um, He played, I believe, half a game, and then he went down with an injury. Duke Riley is very athletic. He has a huge special teams presence, um, kickoffs and punts. He's always involved. He has really good tackling technique down in those situations, and even started in some points um, in the season. You know, he got a lot of linebacker exposure. He's listed as a linebacker, but really has just played a lot of special teams so far in his career, but he has that starting experience if the Eagles need him down the road. Um, always important to have a guy like him and TJ Edwards and Alex Singleton who can kind of go and do both roles. Um, I think or Duke Riley is definitely going to be a player that they can rely on um, in seasons in the future. My last award is the Real MVP Award, and that's going to go to Cameron Johnston. Um, I know it's kind of bizarre to think of a punter being the MVP of the season. Obviously, I think Carson Wentz is going to take this award, but realistically, Cameron Johnson is not getting enough credit um, for what he did last season. He was consistently good all season. Every time the Eagles had to punt the ball away, he was always putting the other team in a really tough field position. He would was always hitting his punts. Um, really, nobody was talking about him just because he was playing so well. A lot of people um, say when you're not hearing the punter talked about or the kicker talked about or the snapper those special teams players that's when they're playing well there's nothing negative to say about him so they're just not going to talk about him at all Um, so Johnson really stepped up when the Eagles needed him the special teams unit as a whole really improved it gave um, the special teams unit like Duke Riley Sidney Jones Rasul Douglas gave them the chance to run down there and make good plays on the ball um, whether it was pinning the other team or making a good tackle so I really like what I saw out of him and a little story I want to share with you guys. Um, I went to the Eagles-Giants game week 14, Monday Night Football, and I was sitting on um, the first row before the game started watching the players warm up, and the special teams players were off on the sideline, and there was a young boy beside me, and he was screaming Cam Johnson's name, and Johnson ended up coming over and giving him a football that they were using in practice. So the kind of person that he is on and off the field, um, fans should really accept that and embrace him as a 
Philly athlete because everybody loved Donnie Jones, but Cameron Johnson's definitely going to be loved in the city just like him. And um, I really like what I see out of him so far, and I'm looking forward to what he can do later in his career because he's a very young player um, as well. All right, that's all we got today for the awards. Stay tuned after this ad. I'm going to give you my six top needs going to the offseason. All right, everybody, welcome back. So soon the Eagles are going to be kicking into the full offseason gear, looking at free agency in March and then the draft in April. It's going to be coming quick. The Eagles have a lot of preparation to do. But before I even get into who I think the Eagles should pick up, sign, trade, draft, whatever that may be, I'm going to give my top needs for the offseason, kind of set the tone for what I'm going to be talking about this offseason um, when free agency and draft talk gets into full swing. I'm going to talk about the top six needs that the Eagles have. Obviously, if you've been watching the Eagles all the past season, um, you can tell the solid core is there. They have the playmakers where they need to be, um, but they need extra playmakers on both offense and defense. They need some role players. They need a lot, a lot of help. Um, luckily for the Eagles, they have a lot of resources to do so. But number one on my list is wide receiver. I think everybody can agree on this one. Um, the Eagles just need more speed. It's easy as that. They need a proven target, someone that can either be that speed receiver that can create the separation or a jump ball receiver um, or a combination of the both. Uh, kind of like what DK Metcalf was in last year's draft, and someone that Carson Wentz can grow with throughout his career. He's had a little bit of instability through the wide receiver position so far. Um, you know, his deep threats throughout the years in Torrey Smith, Mike Wallace, uh, Deshaun Jackson, they've either missed time with injury, have been inconsistent. So he hasn't really relied on somebody for speed. And then as far as the other receivers go, Alshon Jeffrey, he's been up and down. Um, then Nelson Aguilar, obviously up and down. And then this season was the emergence of the practice squad receivers. Greg Ward was the one that stood out. But the Eagles really need a playmaker, and they also need to prepare for the departures of Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey when that happens. They both have a few more years left on their contracts. Alshon Jeffrey's in a weird situation this season where he might get traded, released, or stay on the team um, just because of his cap situation, his play, and his age. So the Eagles definitely need to bolster the position to not only improve overall, but prepare for the future. Um, the Eagles also don't, they shouldn't rely on their tight ends too much in their offense because a lot of times the Eagles and Carson Wentz are always going to Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard because the receivers aren't up to par and they can only rely on the tight ends and the running backs as we saw late in the season. But having wide receivers will make the offense a lot more balanced and a lot harder to defend. This draft class is completely loaded with wide receiver talent. It would be hard to miss. There's about six to eight receivers at the top of the class um, mocked in first and second rounds. I'll get to that um, later on in the in the next couple of episodes. But those names, it, it would be super hard to miss out on talent there. If you follow um, who is producing in their college days and who is going to be the top prospects, they all have great traits to bring to the table, and I would like any of them uh, in an Eagles uniform, and I'll talk about that again later on. My next need is cornerback. Um, I mentioned that I once wanted a lot of average or above average cornerbacks just because of injuries. You're going to miss out on a couple of players here and there because of injuries and also scheme. Going into the season, I predict that the Eagles should 
you know, put like Jalen Mills in for the red zone, Sidney Jones in most other situations, try to play to the advantages. But now I would prefer a true lockdown cornerback, someone that has speed and a good amount of size that can cover a speed or receiver or somebody that's going to, you know, go for the 50-50 ball against him. And I think that's what the Eagles have been lacking for years. It would be nice to finally get somebody um, that can take on that true lockdown number one cornerback position on either side of the defense and really just bolster the defense, take away a a top receiver on an opposing offense and help them improve and help the defensive line get more pressure. This is a very good draft class for cornerback as well. You really can't go wrong with uh, these two positions in the first and second round. But also, you got Byron Jones hitting free agency. It's unlikely that the Dallas Cowboys are going to re-sign him. I think he should be high on the Eagles' radar. Staying in the defensive backfield, my third need is safety. Situation with the Eagles' safeties right now, Malcolm Jenkins wants more money to stay in Philly. Rodney McLeod is said to be a free agent. So both of them are at risk of not being with the team. I do believe that both will be back. They're both going to be back on new contracts. But... Even if they are back, you need youth, you need a versatile player that's going to take on that Malcolm Jenkins role down the road, or even have a third safety for next year, someone that is going to take on the role that Maurice Epps had this past season for about half the year, Andrew Sendejo for the first half, um, because Eagles haven't really had that top uh, third safety that can walk into any scheme of the defense and really produce um, they tried that with Corey Graham a couple years ago. He did okay, had some mistakes. Um, but going into the last season, they had Jonathan Cyprian, Blake Countess, a lot of talent at safety. But when the season kicked in, that third safety position really was lacking. So I would really like to have a draft pick there fill that role. My fourth need is linebacker. Um, in my personal opinion, I think it's probably best to move on from Nigel Bradham. That would save $4.4 million of cap space this offseason. And Camus Grugier Hill is set to be a free agent, so I don't know if he's going to be back or not. It's 50 50 in my mind right now, just because of his injury history, his play on the field. Um, I don't know if he's going to be coming back to Philly. Also, I really like what I'm seeing out of TJ Edwards and Nate Gary. I mentioned that earlier in the podcast. Um, they're doing great, but I think they're just going to be, you know, role players, um, not really like a top, top player on this Eagles defense. So having somebody with more size that can create turnovers and cover top tight ends and also rush the passer would be ideal for the Eagles. Um, The linebacker free agent class isn't the strongest. I think the best linebacker out there is Corey Littleton, but in the draft class, it's solid. Um, Obviously the first name that comes to mind is Isaiah Simmons, who's going to fill that linebacker and safety and possibly even cornerback um, role because he's just a freak athlete that can be plugged in anywhere, but there's no way that he's going to be around when the Eagles are picking, so they're going to have to look elsewhere, but I think linebackers should definitely be on their radar in the first four rounds. Any any one of those rounds would be a good selection. Fifth need is defensive end. Um, if you've been listening for to the podcast for a while now, you know how much I think defensive end and defensive tackle depth is huge. The Eagles relied on this when they won the Super Bowl, and it showed how important this is to a really successful team. In my opinion, Brandon Graham is really good. Derek Barnett is above average. Josh Sweat is on the rise. 
Um, Vinny Curry, he's going to be a free agent. Deshaun Hall just went down with a torn ACL um, several weeks ago, so he's probably not going to be ready for week one and all the, all the offseason preparation. Joe Osman still hasn't played an NFL game. And Sharif Miller, um, I would hope that he's going to step up next year, but really didn't get any action at all in the 2019 season, so you don't know what to expect out of him. The Eagles rely on solid pass rushing. That's what their defense builds upon. If that collapses, they don't have the secondary to hold up against good offenses. Um, but the pass rush hasn't been prominent these past two years. They've, it's been it's been good, but it hasn't been great. And the Eagles need a great pass rush if they're not going to have top corners and top safeties on their defense. They need to have a role player that can be the de- uh, defensive end three or four and uh, be able to produce, walk in like a player like Chris Long, like a player like Michael Bennett, who walked in in situations, whether it be third down when Brandon Graham's going on the inside, um, or maybe a couple first downs, whatever it may be, put him in the game and know that he's going to be able to produce and go up against the top offensive lineman on the opposing team and um, utilize that single one-on-one matchup because other guys like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham are going to track the double teams and make sure that he's going to be able to get to the quarterback. My next need and last need is backup quarterback. Um, obviously, Carson Wentz, is, Carson Wentz is the future, but Josh McCown will likely retire again. He came out of retirement to join the Eagles this past season, but uh, he's, what, 41 years old. It's ready for It's time for him to retire, hopefully get into coaching, um, whether it be with the Eagles or not. I would love to see him as a coach in some capacity. And Sudfeld is set to be a free agent. In the offseason, the Eagles offered Nate Sudfeld a contract, but he wanted to play through the preseason without a new contract, try to play really well to leverage himself to a bigger deal with another team. However, he got that wrist injury. He broke his arm in the preseason that really hurt his chances of entering the free agent market and being a top side out quarterback that could be a top backup or maybe compete for a starting job Uh, i just don't think there's so many qb needy teams this year especially with the prominent draft class with joe burrow tua and um, all those quarterbacks that are entering the draft a lot of teams are going to be looking to the draft and not free agency to find their franchise guy. And Nate Sudfeld hasn't been playing enough in the NFL to even be talked about as a franchise guy. Kyle Lalletta is currently on the Eagles practice squad. Um, I met Kyle Lalletta. He's a really nice guy. However, I mean, the team really likes him. He's getting paid the most out of the entire practice squad. However, is he ready to be the second quarterback, the backup quarterback, um, I don't know. I want him to enter offseason with a little bit of competition, hopefully bring in a veteran quarterback um, to compete with him to try to improve him. You can get someone like Case Keenum, Marcus Mariota, Joe Flacco, um, those guys with really good experience and possibly even make the team along with Kyle Aletta and develop him, but also have a guy with a veteran presence to help Carson Wentz in his development. Uh, I don't want the Eagles to waste a draft pick draft pick on a quarterback just because they have Lalletta. Um, he's their younger developmental talent. So there's no need to go out and try to get someone like they did with Clayton Thorson last year and just waste the pick. Uh, it's not what the Eagles need to do. Backup quarterback is not top a top need for the team, obviously, but just the way that the season um, seasons have gone in the past with Nick Foles stepping in, Josh McCown having to step in the playoffs this year. It's a very, very important position 
on the football team. Um, need to have someone competent enough to play if they need to. Obviously, Carson Wentz is the guy, but you want to have someone behind him that you're confident to say, I could put him out there and score some touchdowns. Now, to wrap up this podcast, the Eagles are going into the offseason with $43.6 million in cap space. Um, and there's not really a f- pending free agent on the Eagles team that will demand a big contract as far as, um, you know, they have Nelson Aguilar hitting the free agent market, for instance. He's not going to be back with the team. Jordan Howard is hitting the free agent market. I don't think he's going to be demanding that much money if he stays with the Eagles. Um, Camille Grosje Hill, that's kind of a iffy situation. Players like that, they're not the top players that the Eagles need to pay $10, 15000000 million a year just to keep them with the team. Um, the Eagles have all their core pieces locked up for the long term, so that's super important. So this season, they can spend on players like cornerback, wide receiver, and you guys have to remember the the draft isn't everything. Free agency still exists. The Eagles can still fill the need at cornerback, linebacker, backup defensive end in free agency. That's something huge to remember. The Eagles have a lot of money to spend with it. But going to the trend with the draft, the Eagles draft picks this upcoming year. They have a first rounder, a second rounder, a third rounder, another third rounder, which is a projected compensatory pick, three fourth rounders, two of them projected compensatories. Those will be official uh, soon, and that's just what's projected the Eagles, but they should end up with a third and then two extra fourths. They have a fifth-round pick and the Patriots' fifth-round pick and a sixth-round pick, that which is owned by the Falcons. Um, so should be earlier in the sixth round. The Eagles have... 10 draft picks that's a lot of resources to make a splash in free agency make a splash in the draft whether it be trade up trade down stay where you are and get the guy that you want uh, i don't think the eagles fans front office coaching staff have anything to worry about not bringing in talent this offseason they have a ton of resources to do so they seem to find the right guys that are going to fit the scheme that have shown a lot of production in college or the nfl so far and i'm really excited to see who they're going to bring in um, this is an offseason that the Eagles have a lot of needs, but also have a lot of core guys that are already established. So bringing in those pieces that are going to complement them the best is going to be huge. Harry Roseman understands that he's got a lot of pressure on him this offseason. I think he's going to step up to the task and make a lot of make a lot of moves. He mentioned in his press conference that he understood after the Super Bowl, their uh, window for winning another one was probably two years. Those two years have passed. So he kind of hinted that, Maybe it's time to get rid of the older players. Like, I'm not saying that he's going to do this, but off the top of my head, that means players like Nigel Bradham, Alshon Jeffrey, Jason Peters, players that are around that haven't been producing as much as they could and could be replaced by some someone younger to not only go cheaper, prepare for the future, but also have more longevity for the team and the franchise as a whole. Um, so I really like that tactic. I think the Eagles are going to succeed a lot with that, but it's going to be interesting. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the discussion today about my season awards and then also my top six needs going into the free agency and draft processes. I'm going to be with you all offseason again. Next week, we're going to pick up, or this week, uh, later in the week, we're going to pick up with some draft content, free agency content, and uh, stick with me. I'm going to go over every single position that the Eagles have on the field, um, see what the situation is right now, what they should do with it over the offseason, and um, some draft prospects, free agency prospects. We're going to have a lot of fun until the Eagles 
start building that roster yet again. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the conference championships this past weekend with the Chiefs winning and the 49ers winning. Both pretty good football games, although the 49ers and Chiefs really uh, you know, ran away with the victories late in the game. But um, happy for the Chiefs. I'm looking forward to seeing Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. It's going to be fun to watch. I think all Eagles fans should be very proud of him. Uh, but for now, go Birds and stick around. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it may be, so you never miss another Birds banter.